Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, and Auburn is fresh off of a win. Now recording this on Saturday night. You'll probably listen to it on Sunday morning. But Auburn beats Alabama State in the second game of the season, 60-0. to Another 60-point game for Brian Harson and the offense. And it looks impressive on paper um, in terms of their offensive output. But Auburn got a touchdown on special teams in this game and got a defensive touchdown. Um, really were able to contribute in all three phases of the game. And it looks great on paper. I got Jason Caldwell with me here. Jason, it looks really good on paper. And in the second half, it was incredible on paper. Um, they had 35 points in the third quarter. They averaged 37 yards every time they touched the ball in the third quarter, which is pretty ridiculous. But this was not the same crisp, you know, offensive execution that we saw last week from the word go where Auburn scored a touchdown on its first five possessions. Um, things were pretty rough there in the first half. They only had one offensive touchdown by the time they went to the locker room. Yeah, you know, we saw some penalties, um, saw a few drops um, that could have could have made a big difference in the offense. Yeah, it is what is this, Chris? I mean, you know, here's what we don't know. We don't know how and who practiced all week and then didn't play on Saturday. Obviously, Sean Shivers is one of those that, you know, we'll see. Um, but it, it obviously sounded like it was pretty late in the week, it, you know, which could mean, you know, question marks for him, you know, heading to Penn State. But, you know, so maybe he's a part of the game plan. Obviously, it didn't impact the the running game too much. But, um, you know, you know, Javarius Johnson, they held him out. Um, you know, maybe he'd been practicing this week. They decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to not plug play him. But I think you saw tonight um, – or today, excuse me – the reason why they've had – you know, Shedrick Jackson, Javarius Johnson, Demetrius Robertson as the three starters for this team because, you know, we didn't see Elijah Canyon too late. We hadn't seen the Xavier Capers very much. We saw Jackson McFadden in the starting lineup. The difference in those older guys knowing how to line up, move around, and, 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 and run this offense as opposed to those younger guys, I think it's pretty dramatic. And I think we saw a big difference in just, just one guy just one guy coming out of that passing game, how much different it was. And I think, too, they, uh, I think they did some different things. We saw some different formations. Um, you know, today we didn't see nearly as much of the tight end uh, used. So I think there are probably some things that they were probably trying to see, um, maybe testing the waters a little bit, too. So, um, you know, in the end it went back to, to lean on a running game. You know, Tank Bigsby, you know, Jarquez Hunter was, was, was really incredible. Um, and then – you know, it was probably a, a good learning experience. You know, Brandon Council goes down early. They have to, to sub Alec Jackson in. Council comes back a little later. But, you know, they, uh, there's some shuffling around today with some guys missing and then, uh, you know, Council getting injured. Yeah, so just some numbers here. It's the first time Auburn scored 60 or more points in consecutive games, not even just two games to start the season, um, but 60-plus points in back-to-back games um, since 1932. So, again, you know, it looks really good for Brian Harson and this team to start the season. Obviously, talking about the competition, we've talked about it a million times. You get a couple tune-up games. Um, Jason, you gave us a couple good segues there. But we'll talk about Sean Shivers, probably the biggest profile player that was not available in this game. He wasn't – but the thing with him was he wasn't in the stadium. Obviously, Javarius Johnson um, is a starter at receiver. He was at least stressed out. You reported this morning in our notebook that, hey, it was just an ankle. Um, you know, they could have gone. And like you said, you know, maybe they're just kind of holding them and letting them get that resting time in. But 
with Shivers, he was not there at all today. So obviously, you know, you can make assumptions one way or another. Obviously, we don't want to make assumptions, but you're right. That does bring up questions for whether he will be available for the big game against Penn State. We had already been theorizing here, just me and you, whether Auburn was saving him a little bit just because of the limited usage we saw for him in week one. Now Auburn's hand might get forced a little bit um, in that regard. But if their hand is going to be forced to play more Jarquez Hunter, you might not be in too bad of a situation because Jarquez Hunter might be the second best running back on this team right now. Um, he certainly looked like it through the first couple of games. These defenses, of course, really bad. We'll, we'll see what happens over the course of the year. Um, but Jarquez Hunter, another really, really good performance today um, for the freshman out of Mississippi. Eight carries for 147 yards. Um, and Jason, I think you were on the side of the field. I think he was coming toward you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he happened to have the longest run in Auburn history, 94-yard touchdown where uh, he didn't even get touched. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how – I mean, my whole life I've, I've seen the name Ralph O'Gwen. I think that's the guy that had the, the, the record before. And, and, and so I've seen that name for forever. Um, to see Jarquez Hunter break it today was pretty, pretty incredible. He did it with the first – First play with the second offensive line in the game from the from their own six yard line. Um, really good blocking on the left side. Uh, obviously, Tashawn Manning's played a lot of football, but I think it was Cam Stutz on the, on the left side today. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Either way, it was the second group. I think it was Stutz, yeah. But but yeah, Jarquez uh, you know, makes a good one cut, and then as Brian Harson said, when he gets in the in, in the secondary, it's over, and it was today. But um, yeah, he's got all the physical tools. Um, but now you talk about going. To 110,000 on the road, playing you know the the best team he will have ever faced in his life, other than his own defense. Um, so it's going to be a different feel for him. Uh, the good thing is he'll he'll be joining an offense that has a lot of experience. That's the good thing. You know, this is an offensive group that's been there, done that. Um, you know, the wide receiver group hasn't you know done it in terms of production, but they've all played in games like that, and so. Um, I think that's a big deal. But, yeah, Jarquez is, from a physical standpoint, he's everything that we heard he was uh, and maybe a little more. Um, and so that was uh, – it's the, been the bright spot. Um, you know, passing and the passing efficiency was the bright spot in week one. Jarquez Hunter, the bright spot in week two for me and uh, somebody that I'm sure we'll talk about here momentarily, Demetrius Roberts, the other bright spot for me. Yeah, Hunter, everybody's saying he looks like – even his teammates were saying he just looks like a younger Tank Bigsby. Um, that's an easy comparison to make when he's the, not only, you know, is he the guy that everybody's looking at as a good running back in the SEC, but he's the literal teammate right next to him. Um, but there are some things that you look at, the way that he kind of – I like how he can bounce off defenders like Tank and kind of almost gain acceleration with that, not get slowed down, but use that momentum and kind of use the energy um, to continue to keep going. Um, I agree with you. I, I think his running ability is really well suited for the SEC, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he does against these better competitions. But so Demetrius Robertson today um, solidified himself, I think, a little bit. We already knew, obviously, he's a starter, um, but I think he'll be a pretty good weapon in this offense moving forward, um, not only as a pass catcher, um, but as a guy on the ground. So he had a hat trick today, two receiving touchdowns. He had the only offensive touchdown for Auburn in the first half, talking about the Georgia transfer, um, 60-year college football player. And he had a touchdown on the ground, so 97 total yards. And he had a 26-yard punt return because, obviously, Javarius Johnson was not available, um, so he was out there returning punts. Um, you know, there's no Seth Williams anymore. There's no Anthony Schwartz. We know Bo Nix really liked to look at just 
one or two guys. Nick's is going to have to spread the ball around a little bit more. We've already seen more of that. He's going to have more options with the tight ends and the running backs. But um, in terms of a go-to receiver, um, they're going to run it a little more by committee, but you're going to need people to step up and emerge into bigger roles as the season goes on. Um, and it seems like Robertson is very comfortable in this offense right now. We've heard about how he's come along well in the preseason, despite being a late addition and a late arrival. Um, and we saw him have what might have been the best game of his entire college career today. I think the thing that stands out for me when I look at Demetrius Robertson was, you know, I mentioned it when we did our exit survey. Uh, people get a chance to read that. But, you know, the play of the game for me, obviously, Jarquez Hunter's play is huge. But the play of the game to me was a 28-yard touchdown because I'm on the sideline. I see single coverage with Demetrius Robertson and the DB kind of peeking inside a little bit. And I went, this is what this offense is made for. Um, to take advantage of those situations. He just basically gives him a little head nod, peels it outside, both throws the ball over the shoulder. Those are plays that you can make in this offense now. They made it today. And it's it's the difference between a veteran receiver and a guy that understands um, how to influence, you know, influence routes. You, you influence a DB. Just a step is all it takes sometimes. You don't have to do, but he did it and kept and, and remained full speed. Those are things that he's shown already, um, you know, in, in terms of making plays, made a good play on the, you know, kind of that fade route in the corner from the slot, uh, which is another good play call by Mike Bobo. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a day that I think Auburn really needed because he's a guy that has played in big environments. He played in big environments as a freshman at Cal. Now he's feeling his oats, kind of a playmaker. We talked about it before the season, who could be the – the big play threat. Now, there wasn't a 70, 80-yard touchdown from him today, but he made some big plays for this offense, and that's what you got to have um, in those clutch situations, somebody to go out there and make a play. We've seen Shedrick Jackson do some of those things. They had a couple opportunities today, um, and you know, uh, I think for him, the, the next step will be, okay, when, when you got a chance in that 50-50 ball, can you go up and get it instead of kind of letting it fall to you a little bit? I think it just – be a little bit more aggressive. I'm sure that's something that, that they'll talk to him about. But I thought Demetrius Robertson was the guy that uh, today that we thought he needed to be for this offense to to, to kind of get where it wants to go in, in 2021. Yeah, and looking ahead to next week, like you said, I mean, Robertson's a guy that you know played in some big games in the Pac-12. But really, I mean, he's played in SEC championship games um, at Georgia. And just the main thing is that he's been, been around a long time. So um, we'll see if he can, you know, help out Bo Nix in that offense in that environment. Obviously, Bo Nix has done stuff like that a million times. Um, but in terms of, re- of a receiving threat, other than him, the receiving core not super proven. Um, it's got talented guys, but not really that proven at the moment. Before we move to defense, Jason, let's just talk about Bo Nix just for a second. Um, he only threw one pass in the second half, and it was a touchdown to Demetrius Robertson. But we didn't see him get off to that crazy clean start. Um, Bo is usually very transparent after games about what he did wrong and about what went wrong with the offense. So I really do believe his assessment where he said after the game, he said, um, you know, I didn't think I did that bad. I mean, it was, he, he thought he, he went through everything like he was supposed to, um, but they just kept pushing themselves back. They couldn't get out of their own way. Um, they doubled up their penalties from the entire first game in the first half um, the offensive line, like you said, had some had some injury issues, had guys shuffling in and out of there, um, just weren't getting a lot of good push. And then I remember just me specifically, Kalen Newton dropped a touchdown. Like you said, there was a play Shedrick Jackson probably could have made. I don't think it counted as a drop. 
Um, and then Bo couldn't hook up with Tank's big Tank Bigsby on a throwback screen where there was nobody in front of him. And so something that Bo and Harson both said was, look, there were a handful of explosive plays. Those explosive plays you saw in the second half, they were there. They watched mm-hmm. them unfold, but they just couldn't put the finishing touches on them, put a bow on them. Um, speaking of Bo, so what did you kind of see out of him in this game? Um, it looked a little different in the first game, but it looked like he kind of was able to, to rebound in a sense. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I'm sitting there looking up and and you look up in the first half and I think it, at some point he was six for 11 and had, you know, six, you know, 75 yards or whatever it was and had a, had, you know, and then had a touchdown pass, but I'm thinking, man, you have a, a drop that Demetrius Robertson dropped one on the sidelines too. Um, it was, you know, he, he jumps up to catch it, but that's a play you got to make. It wasn't that high over his head. Kayla Newton drops one. You go, if you're eight of 11 with two touchdowns and, you know, 115 yards passing, it's a completely different look. Uh, and that's all it would have taken, not to mention the one that, you know, potentially, you know, I guess somebody said that maybe a defensive lineman got a, ball, a hand on the ball that Tank could have could have made a play on. I didn't see it from the field, but, you know, that's one where, um, you know, if a defender makes a good play on it, you, you kind of tip your hat to them. But you go, man, just maybe a couple of inches there, that's a 75-yard play potentially in a touchdown. So, yeah, I thought it was just a little off. But we talked about this before last week. I thought there were going to be some hiccups on offense. There weren't any against Akron. There were some today. I think that's just a natural part of a growing pain of a new offense, especially when you're talking about a you know a really wildly different offense. This is you know you're talking about timing outside. Um, you know the wide receiver and quarterback having to be on the same page in terms of reading the defense, checkdowns, all those things. Uh, you know. I, today we didn't see nearly as much of those things, the checkdowns. We didn't see the tight ends involved as much. Uh, you know, it makes me believe that they they probably had a little bit different plan going into today to see some different things because we saw a few more shots down the field. And um, I don't know if people could tell, but it was a lot windier on the field than it was. You know, even the flag was blowing, but uh, you know there were a couple of those throws thrown towards the north end zone, towards the Haley Center, that were underthrown, and then we saw a kickoff from. You know, uh, you know, Anders Carlson one time, and uh, you know it was really short. And so, um, I think uh, you know the wind probably played a little bit of an impact on uh, on a couple of those throws as well. But yeah, I thought the good thing was they rebounded um, and they kept playing hard. That's the thing they didn't. It wasn't that they were making mistakes and then kind of just going through the motions. I never saw that today. Um, it wasn't that. It was kind of execution issues more than anything. I can take those, and I'm sure the coaches can as well because they answered the bell, they came back, made plays, and um, you know, did what they had to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you'd be shocked. Like you said, you'd be you'd be completely surprised if you get through two tune-up games like this. And on paper, it's a really easy defense, but you're not going to be 100% perfect. You're going to take your lumps at some point. Um, the biggest thing for Auburn right now is identifying those um, and fixing them in practice leading up to Penn State. But Brian Harson was pretty honest. He said, I mean, I knew the 11 a.m. thing was at least going to be something that people thought about. 
that Auburn kind of had a stigma about. And so he made it a point early in practice last week to be like, look, you guys need to get this out of your heads. We need to execute no matter what. Um, I don't know if someone tipped him off to how Auburn performs over the years against small teams. Maybe he watched the Jacksonville State film from a few years ago. I don't know what it was, um, but he he definitely knew that was a factor. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Jason, and we've got some special teams to talk about today because they got a touchdown. Um, you know, the offense is getting a lot of time under the microscope in these first couple games, and that's fine, completely understandable. But again, small opponents. But the defense is putting together the performances they should. So neither opponent has gone over 200 total yards. Um, if you take away, there was one possession today where Alabama State went more than 30 yards. So they only had one drive that went over 30 yards. It was when they came all the way down, about to score, um, and the field goal was blocked, taken back for a touchdown. If you take out that possession, Alabama State averaged 2.2 yards per play on all of its other drives and went three and out nine times. And then obviously we know that they did pretty well in that first game against Akron until the backups came in. This looks to me, everything, the alignments are a little different, but this looks to me like another Auburn team that is going to be led by its defense, that is going to have the defense to lean on. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the against Penn State and against some higher profile opponents. But really from just seeing Auburn over the years and watching Auburn play over the years and watching how they look against these kinds of teams, the defense normally looks the same as it does in SEC play. The offense might look a little different, but especially under Kevin Steele, um, which is the only Auburn defense I had ever covered, um, they look pretty same, pretty similar from game to game. So really my takeaways from the defense in the first couple of games is that they're going to be fine and they might be a top three or four unit in the conference. I don't know if I'm getting too ahead of myself, but I was pretty impressed with what I saw today. Yeah, I think the defense, you take care of things by effort. Uh, we talked about effort on offense, but you still have to execute. All 11 players have to execute, and it's timing, everything involved to make the offense work. Defense, you can have nine guys do something wrong, two guys just completely blow a play up, and it still works fine um, because it's so much about effort and intensity, running to the ball, being physical. Um, and, and I think – they're continuing to kind of fill out Derek Mason. I thought we saw more of that today. They did a better job, to me, of uh, of not giving up the the 12, 15-yard passes that they did against Akron. Today it was five yards. It was six yards. Um, you know, those guys outside on the corner, um, I thought they did a good job. Um, I don't I don't know that we ever saw Ro Torrance either, uh, if you, you know, mistake me, but I don't know if we ever saw Rotary. Mm-hmm. He Torrance was dressed, today. but he didn't check into the game. So so you go with Roger McCreary and Nehemiah Pritchett. The third corner today was Malcolm Askey. Um, he's a guy that played a pretty good bit. Uh, we did see Deshaun Miller a little later, but we saw Devin Geis in the secondary. We saw them roll some different guys out there today and get the job done um, up front. They continue to do the same things. And here's what you had to deal with today. They, the, Alabama State did a great job, I thought, of watching what Akron did in the third and fourth quarters and mimicking it, saying, look, we're not going to hold the ball very long. We're going to throw five-yard pass, six-yard pass. We're not going to let you get to the quarterback, and, and, and we're going to take a bunch of sacks. Um, and it sometimes gets frustrating. But I, I thought that Auburn defense kept going. Roger McCreary made great play on his his pick six and kind of dissecting the offense. Um, but yeah, I, to me, I, I still have the question of when somebody wants to line up and run it, big physical offensive line. How does the middle of that line look? Because you know we we seen you know we've seen some some bigger bodies in there, but not not a ton of them. Um, you know, our Tony Fair, Marquise Burks, and you know maybe Dre Butler, Zykevis Walker. 
are they ready to handle that load that's coming this week? Uh, to me, that's still the big question mark for this group because I think it's going to be, you know, it'd be really tough to line up with TD Moultrie and Derek Hall, Marcus Harris, and Colby Wooden, and and say, all right, Penn State, we're going to stop your run with this group. I think that's probably asking a little too much. Uh, we'll see if if, hey, if Auburn can do that, then it's it's lookout world because if you can if if that group with those linebackers and and well, they were really good today. Again, Ms. Kobe McClain, Owen Popo were. Um, that's to me the the next question mark for this group is is what happens when you get that that big physical group like like they're going to run up against Saturday night. Yeah, and to your point, Jason, Saturday will kind of be next Saturday will kind of be an equalizer in terms of the game plans Auburn has been going up against because you're exactly right. Akron was until the end of the game holding on to it, um, just kind of playing their standard offense, not playing dink and dunk, and they were sacked seven times. In this game, Auburn only got two sacks because they're getting the ball out a lot quicker. And I think I think one of those was the bobbled snap, which I think that was going to be a quick throw. And then he ended up having to try to get out of it. And then Marcus uh, Marquis Burr strip sacks it. But at the same time, Auburn still gets 11 negative plays in this game. That's the exact same number they got last week, but they didn't have the seven sacks to go with that. I think that goes to show their open field tackling. I think this is going to be a great team tackling in the open field. That's been a staple for the past few years. And then obviously Roger McCreary makes the defensive highlight of the game. I think it was a 36-yard uh, pick six for him. Obviously a little bit of redemption. You like to see him get that because he had a 101-yard pick six in the season opener last year that was waved off the board because of the targeting call. So now he's able to get one back in that same end zone. But um, another guy on defense, Nehemiah Pritchett, the starting corner across from Roger McCreary, also got himself a score um, in this game. Colby Wooden, I'm not sure if it was – official in the stat book but at least to me looks like he was the guy who got his hand that he was kind of celebrating like he did got his hand up blocked the field goal um I don't know about you Jason but like I just I look I looked at that play and something in my gut I think I've been around Auburn long enough and actually I'm like this is getting blocked I mean I I don't know something about that goal post and that side of the field um just doesn't seem like field goals have much of a chance um, but they get a great special teams play. And then Wesley Steiner blocks a punt. Barton Lester picks it up also in the first half as well. We're seeing a lot of these starters, Jason Pritchett, Colby Wooden, all those names I just mentioned, um, not Wesley Steiner and Barton Lester, but we're seeing a ton of impact. We talked about Derek Hall in the first game on kick coverage, seeing a ton of impact from these starters. To me, that might be something where we look down the road at a Penn State game, an LSU game, maybe an Arkansas game. They look pretty good tonight. Just these big, these big games in the future, as something that could possibly separate Auburn if they're going to continue playing really hard and having their starters play at a high level on special teams. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and and that's an opportunity, you're right, to uh, go out there and make a play that that changes a game, that flips a game. We saw it today. Um, it, that game wasn't going to be in danger. But if it's 13 to 7 uh, instead of, you know, you know, 20 to nothing, then – it changes how you play the rest of the game. You got to play guys longer, deeper into the game, um, all those things. So we saw it impact the game today. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, there's some opportunities there. I mean, the good the good thing is right now is Honors Carlson on kickoffs, kicking the ball really well. And you know, last year when he didn't, and teams returned it, they they made some big plays almost every time. We've seen those guys covering kicks much better this year, which is a big deal. Hey. Maybe the, the thing that got lost today as much as anything, Oscar Chapman's one punt was 47 yards. It was a hanger, um, you know, that was a fair catch. That was a big deal for him. We talked about him, you know, you know, responding after a not-so-good week one. His only opportunity against Alabama State was pretty good. 
couple other notes I'll get here, Jason. Um, didn't surprise me that much because I kind of when I went back and watched the the game from last week, um, I think by Darius Knighton had some struggles, um, but he's he was he still played. Seems like that might be something where we get a bit of a rotating um, look at safety right now across from Smoke Monday. Um, might have something where those two guys Zion Puckett and by Darius Knighton are competing for that spot, and then. This is just a quick hitter I wanted to get your opinion on, but you know, maybe it's that Ladarius Tennyson hasn't had time to practice. Like you said, we, you know, COVID, it's weird. We don't know who's had time to practice when, but this was his first opportunity at game action. He was in on punt coverage, but he's not Auburn's backup nickel. That's Devin Geis. And I love I know Derek Mason loves Devin Geis. He's loved him since he came on campus. Um, just a little bit interesting to me that he is still in that position. Um, but I guess we'll see as as things go along. So Moving on to Penn State now, we're going to have a podcast or two later this week um, looking ahead to that really big game. But Penn State handled business. They beat Ball State 44-13. to Jason, again, we'll get into it more this week. But did this game, did this Auburn game change at all? And that's something you answered in your exit survey. People can read it on the site on Sunday morning. But did this game change at all your view of this Penn State game coming up Saturday? Or do you still just think – you know, this is going to be a litmus test and it's going to kind of equalize things and, and show what this Auburn team really is. Yeah, I answered, like I said, in the exit survey, I said, you know, just like the first game didn't really impact it, you know, the Alabama State didn't really didn't really impact it either other than, you know, this is the defense going to give you a chance to win when you show up um, and nothing's changed in that regard. I thought you're going to Penn State, you got 100,000 folks. Um, it's going to be a challenge. Um, today didn't really change that for me. Um, the only thing that probably made it a little bit more of a question was the fact that, you know, the passing game didn't quite click the way it did in week one. But again, that's, that's, I, I expected that to happen in week one. So, um, not, not a big change for me. I think it's going to be a difficult test. Um, you know, that's not a place where a whole lot of teams go up there and, and, and light it up. My guess is, is that, it's probably going to look a whole lot like they did against uh, Wisconsin in week one, uh, 20 to 17, 24, 21. I think it's going to be a grinded out physical football game. And, you know, when you look at this Penn state team, um, you know, Sean Clifford's a guy that um, he, he's going to be, you know, pretty good. You're not going to throw it a ton, but, you know, you look at them, the guy that Auburn recruited Noah Kane is, is a, is one of their running backs, um, but they got a you know, kind of running back by committee. They had a, Pretty balanced offense ran for 240 against a pretty good ball state team and held them to 69 yards rushing. So uh, it's going to be a physical test for Auburn come Saturday night. Yeah, I think Bonix is going to have to be on it. Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, going to have to call a good game. I'm interested to see their play calling in a big game like this. And then I think that defensive front, like you said, it's going to be key for this defense to to not let Penn State score too much and kind of be able to stay in a defensive battle by the time the fourth quarter gets around. Super excited to get into that this week. Our first real test of the season for Auburn that we're going to talk about. Um, we will get into that. We'll preview everything that you guys want to know all week long on auburnundercover.com. Thank you so much to Jason um, for hopping on the podcast tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please leave us a five-star review. If you enjoyed the show um, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts, that is the number one thing that helps us out. Please rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, the intro and outro music is by beats by Mordecai. You can find them on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. We'll be back later this week with another episode. We'll definitely have the round table. Might have another episode in there for the Penn State preview. We'll see. Um, but until the next episode, thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to y'all later.